0: The White Lotus, a miniseries murder mystery comedy set in a Maui tropical resort. Written by Mike White, starring Steve Zahn, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, Alexandra Daddario, Murray Bartlett, Jake Lacey, the girl from Little Voice, the guy from Netflix's Fear Street, Cassie from Euphoria, Kelly from Insecure. The first episode, Arrivals, was released on July 11th. It introduced two sets of characters, the hotel guests and the hotel staff. Episode two, New Day, came out on Sunday. I hear it's packed with plot and the early reviews aren't bad. So let's talk about it. You're listening to today's episode. You said this episode got good reviews, right? Not only has the episode gotten good reviews, the show in general is really liked by critics. And the audience that likes it is really absorbed with the murder mystery. However, there is also a crowd out there who's like, this is so overblown. Like, why are people going so nuts about some, like show that's just about these rich people i fall in that second category a lot of the stories here don't seem to be going anywhere and i see potential for it. like maybe in the episodes when all the storylines finally reach their head like the big conflict the big climax but at this point in time it seems like a lot of them are just unnecessary like for example a lot of the characters have one trait uh mark who is played by steve zahn this episode you've got mark's family so let's when you introduce a character let's go through all the people uh, that are surrounding that character So, for that character, it's the Mossbacher family, Mm -hmm. right? And you got Nicole, played by Connie Britton. That's his wife. Uh, you got Mark, like you said. He thinks he has cancer? He he thought he had cancer in the first episode, and then it turns out that this episode, at the very beginning, he realizes he doesn't. Not only did he think he had cancer, what sort of cancer did he think he had? He he thought he had testicular cancer. Yeah, ball cancer. Uh, So, he, like, shows his dick in the first episode. Turns out that's not really Steve Zahn's dick. It's a prosthetic, and he didn't have to wear it. It was a body double. So they somehow (laughs) fudged his face onto a body double playing wearing a fake penis. I just found that really funny. That's ridiculous. Like that's how rich he is or not rich, but famous he is. He doesn't have to do his own stunts for for... (laughs) stunts. (laughs) That's a stunt. And then then you have their obnoxious daughter, right? Yeah. Like what's her name? uh, Olivia. Yeah. Olivia. And then you got Paula who is her friend. And then you have, but did you realize Paula is actually the main lady from little voice? like no, she has I, her own show her own main show and so now she's just like the side character yeah well here. I mean it has an ensemble cast and then you have Quinn as well who like you is from Fear Street he's the brother and he cannot stick up for himself no matter what like the sister is a complete bitch to him and he does not care at all he doesn't like, care or he doesn't like either like, he, he just backs down he which just is backs this. down basically okay so he, you like, feel bad a, for him yeah I think you're supposed to feel bad for him in this show yes his name is Fred Hetchinger. I hope I pronounced the last name right. He's been not only in the Netflix thing. He started off in eighth grade. Um, and then he was also in the Woman in the Window movie that came oh, okay. so out. So he he's accepting some pretty big roles. Yeah, but I the thing see. is, I only saw the first episode to this. And I've seen a couple of his other ones. He hasn't impressed me quite yet like i don't know why he's becoming so famous usually when i see like a young talent that's like making their way into the industry i'm like yeah i see the spark there he i just haven't seen it yet i'm not saying he doesn't have it i'm just saying yeah well i was <laughs> saying it before the one character he has is he like he is kind of okay with his dad yeah like but he cannot stick up for himself and then his sister uh olivia and paula they just do drugs the whole entire episode that that in fact the first scene is them just doing drugs and then they yeah, go. they're like early college right yeah and, and, and they're very snooty incredibly so yeah olivia is really mean to everyone not just her brother but especially her brother do, uh, you, do you think that they are an adequate representation of like valley girls in high school or how, how would you? i think them? they're even more obnoxious than that i think that they're not probably not like the greatest representation how like how are they more obnoxious besides the fact that they just are insulting well, they do some weird things. Like, the first scene is them pulling out a ton of drugs. They have Ambien, Xanax, Adderall, Clonopin, and Ketamine, and then... Wait, so all stuff that you can basically get over-the-counter... Not over-the-counter, but, like, with a prescription? Right, some of this is prescription, yeah, yes. for Paula. But, like, then they start smoking, and then after they do that, they're, like, you they They're want- not smoking... Those drugs. They though. they they do. They do, They smoke weed in like the first. So they're episode. smoking weed, right? Yeah. And then that's when Olivia's like, "Okay, do you want to do some ASMR now?" And then Paul is like, "Yeah." And they and you would think that maybe they would like watch ASMR on YouTube. No, they actually do ASMR to one another. They start like using the lighter as like sounds to use, and they start like blowing on each other. It was just so, it was so odd and so out of place, even for the first scene of the episode that I, I wasn't like i was like what, what what's the show i'm watching maybe right maybe we should talk about the writer then mike white because he's the one who wrote not all six episodes and he also directed all six episodes so if you have any complaints it's for him he previously worked with one actor a whole lot uh it's either jerry seinfeld jack black john cusack or jeff goldblum want to take a guess uh jeff goldblum no it's jack black he's also the writer of school of rock nacho <laughs> libre Orange County, they have a production company together called Black and White. Wow, get it? Yeah, Black and yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, haha. Yeah. Uh, also, as an actor, because he's been in a ton of acting stuff, he worked with Jennifer Coolidge beforehand, who is best known from like Legally Blonde or American Pie, mm-hmm. and they were in Gentleman Broncos, and so he wrote this part sort of for her. None of these, sh- none of these movies that you're talking about really remind me of the show. In fact, I wrote down three that reminds me of it. it's a cross between Utopia, Harper's Island, and Kevin can fuck himself. The ones I have is Knives Out, Avenue Five, and. Har- Harper's. harper's island so we both got the harper's island one well the funny thing about it is is that the show really isn't violent like yeah you have the mystery around it but there's no violence that takes place really throughout the first two episodes yeah but like knives out to me at least all the characters are kind of like that you don't like them they're all supposed to be unlikable (laughs) yeah and that's that's kind of like parasite i mean the only one that is kind of likable is rachel alexander daddario and she's just like a she is basically what does she do in this episode well she has why is been, she with Shane <laughs> well th- th- there's a lot of things that go on first off she is offered a piece to do, and it's one of those and Shane doesn't want what her does to that do mean because Like a piece of journalism to do. So she's a writer. Yeah, and it's a fluff piece, and she's only going to be offered a hundred dollars. But she's on her honeymoon. Yeah, and that's exactly Shane's point. He's like, "Don't do it." Like, first off, I have a ton of money right now, so whenever you need like any money, just okay. Well, that's not the way of our like Shane. I felt like was right about being upset about not getting the right room in the first episode, but the way he goes about doing descriptions is just horror, or like uh, explanations is horrible. He goes immediately to his wealth, and he's like, "I deserve this," and it's like with his wife. Yeah, you would prefer that on your honeymoon that she wouldn't be working, but you don't then tell her like And and her point is is I'll that- just pay your way. Well, her point <laughs> is also the fact that she if she says no to this and because she really does just want to do journalism she's not really in it for the money if she says no to this then they're going to stop coming to her and it's one of the first few offers so she's like she's a really freelance gone. writer she doesn't actually right. have a she, she doesn't day work job. for one thing in fact uh there's even a uh, scene with nicole i probably thought that was the best part of the episode where she discusses that yeah I yeah. i read that there was a scene between rachel and nicole but it got interesting, right? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Rachel originally goes over to Nicole because she recognized her. Nicole is famous for kind of being like, I guess, a relationship advisor or something. Maybe. Nicole, is played by Connie Britton. I think she does the best job playing the character she's supposed to like as a mom character in that first episode some of the lines that she was delivering when she was like telling the kids to get to the dinner table and stuff it sounds like she's a real parent because well, of, oh yeah, the and I, tonal like ex- exchange there I've heard no, from and, like and my s- own parents and also I did like this yeah, at the very beginning where uh Nicole comes out at the beginning of the day with her family she's speaking to Mark she's talking to the sisters and Quinn and she's like okay guys we have to get breakfast and she's like really trying to be a parent and she can Continually is saying that, but in the same annoying cadence, so much so that Quinn gets like annoyed and starts screaming at her because of the. Is this like, before or after Quinn does drugs? Quinn's a brother. Oh, so sorry, sorry, does sorry, drugs. sorry. Uh, Olivia. This does is drugs. this is the day after day. they did drugs. So does the the mom the mom catch Olivia? No. Does no. Nicole catch Olivia? No. Mark does, and he like catches them with a bong, but he doesn't. He just kind of lets it go for the rest of the day. Even what's though, he doing in the episode then? Literally him just not having cancer Is his whole entire story arc this episode So he's just happy (laughs) Right Like the only other thing he does Is he has a quick scene with Quinn Where he discusses how he signed them up To be certified scuba swimmers and Quinn really really hated that because they just were trying to it. bond in the first episode too, right. Yeah But what they in real life, Steve Zahn and the Fred guy, they did get their scuba licenses. However, Steve Zahn had try, had had a, like a bad experience on Crimson Peak or something. Mm-hmm. It was called a movie that came out in the 90's where he didn't really care about <laughs> getting this license at all. Also, Steve Zahn, this was filmed during COVID. But he has, like, the funniest... It, you remember the Muppet movie where there's the dog who's just laying around his house and then they come yeah. to get him? Yeah. That was Steve Zahn in Kentucky before before he got this role. <laughs> he was literally just waiting around for months, doing nothing but being on his ranch, just just wondering if he'd ever get a job again. And they were like, hey! come to Hawaii and he was like, okay. <laughs> so, so uh, I really like that. But you were saying, Oh yeah, we were talking about Nicole and Rachel's scene. Which right. Said it was your favorite. What they were talking about was um Rachel just kind of is discussing how she might not really actually like Shane that much. She did sign a prenup, but that she's afraid that if they she just got married, she's afraid yeah, that she if did. they end up like <laughs> getting a divorce, that she will not actually have that much money and that she'll just kind of, be, she'll be in a bad place. And Nicole gives her the advice of basically just staying independent and doing what she wants to do. So why is this the best scene? Well, then it turns quickly dark when it turns out that uh, Rachel uh, lets out that she did a piece on Nicole. And she thought that Nicole would be very happy because it was all about her. But Nicole's read the piece, and apparently, it made it seem like she was just riding a wave and not really being like an ag- not actually getting to where she. Do you see Connie Brin's face like register yeah, who of, she yeah. is, and then is like, "Oh, that yeah, bitch." Yeah, <laughs> and, and this family is again so mean to Rachel. You had the first like episode, yeah, yeah, you yeah the yeah. sisters being well, mean. Well, they were to also her. impressed when she took off her uh, tower, which whatever. was such. Yeah, again, that's again, uh, just everything is weird in this thing, like especially <laughs> What's (laughs) the point (laughs) tanya's character that's even what i have ran down here what's interesting about tanya being really liking this massage therapist well like it's not the fact that she like i think she's just very lonely and also she like just lost her mom so she's going through some grieving but, yeah, she is a strange character, and she's meant to be. And she can't pick up on social cues. Um, yes. And so she likes Belinda so much, the massage therapist, that she invites her to dinner. Well, the wellness treatment center lady, yeah. Right, exactly. And then Belinda, it's obvious that she doesn't really want to go, but she's like, okay, I'll, I'll go just to be nice. Yeah, it's her job. Yeah. It, <laughs> she's got to protect the, or not or help the clients or whatever. But, again, you think that, like, maybe Tanya does anything else this episode? No. No, it's just that one story arc. I'm not really surprised by that because that seems like where she was, or what she was doing in the first episode. Yeah. I, I mean, don't think she's going to be the one who ends up dead. That would, because there wouldn't it be. It would an, defeat the purpose. There wouldn't be any real. Wants, like, unless Belinda just snaps. <laughs> <laughs> she can't take it anymore. Um, no, when you were talking about. Okay, go ahead. I, I was just going to bring up the sisters. The sisters do drugs the whole entire episode as well. They're on the beach. And Paula they, isn't a sister, though. Sorry, yeah. I, I guess I meant Olivia. Olivia and Paula, the Olivia, best friends. Yeah, and they. Yeah. They do drugs and they have just a full purse of it. And when they're on the beach it turns out that tanya comes over and starts speaking to them but again she, her voice is really distorted because you're seeing it through their pov basically you're seeing that they can't really register what's going on yeah and tanya's just kind of speaking to them and they end up leaving because they're like we can't speak to this crazy lady but they Was end up filmed like with a weird yeah yeah you or see kind of like the fish lines, and uh, then you the see you also see it by um tanya's perspective where it's just completely normal but you see them acting very strange mm-hmm. and when they end up leaving they leave a bag full of drugs there their bag full of drugs is completely just there and Tanya so, that's, tries to that's, that's just, a waste <laughs> well not really because then they bring it to the lost and found which is just basically to Armin he's the person and who's having to yes really yes. all of them not all of them, but okay. he starts to take them. In fact, He's even- such a strange dude. Like, he's obviously trying to do his best, but at the same time, he did double-book the room. He's kind of, like, sneaky. Yeah, well, and that's... He- <laughs> he's, like, Reese Darby a little You're bit. You're sounding Shane. a little bit like Shane, because that's basically what he says. He's, like, this guy is, like, lying to us. We obviously booked the correct room, and he's not a Well, he he's was so- lying to him. But- yeah, but Shane's taking it to a whole new level. He's going to the people that even own that pineapple suite Ooh. and talking to them, Ooh. and then he's, like, they're leaving, actually, two days before we are, but due to the cleaning process, you wish you could just taste Shane aside and be like, "I know you're right, but slap, slap, <laughs> slap." Like, stop. and that's what Rachel's <laughs> saying because you would think that they he would be for someone who's complaining so much about Rachel, maybe taking this piece and not enjoying the honeymoon as much. He is not enjoying it at all. He's just worried about the room. All right. And again, it seems like this would be something that happens that's very realistic, but I don't see how that's. It's a satire. This this whole show is supposed to be a satire of like luxury vacations. I understand that, but th- yeah. when the storylines and the characters are just one trait, and they only have really one thing to do that whole entire episode, by the fifth time they're doing that same thing that you saw at the beginning, it gets a little boring. No one's boring. surprising you at this point, is what you're saying. Yeah, because there's really there's no, no... dynamic character, it's all kind of, they're just all static and stuck right. in their ways. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, we do seem wrapped up in the storyline, at least, so there's that. Um, and you also said that Mike uh, White didn't seem like he had written anything that was similar to this. But actually, he created Enlightened, which was a show that ran for two seasons that dealt with a similar premise about a corporate executive who goes to a treatment center in Hawaii to recalibrate her life. Hmm. So that is pretty similar. Like, uh, he really likes Hawaii. For the, yeah, for, for the <laughs> but he also important. got a Razzie for writing the Emoji Movie. Oh, wow. He so wrote the, did he he wrote the Emoji it? Uh, I, I think he just wrote the screenplay for it. Um, <laughs> well, that's good enough, I guess. And then Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect three. So he does like pick and choose some crazy, yeah. like from one to the other. Him right. and him, him, and Fred Hatchinger just like crazy. jump around. Um, and yeah, so this has an eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a seven on IMDb. Uh, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's I don't, definitely cringy there, I, especially Tanya scenes when she's speaking to Belinda because Belinda's Tanya is just constantly complimenting her on the massages that she gives so tanya's her. your least favorite character yeah right? tanya's my least favorite character but she also like offers to i guess pave if belinda were to start her own massaging company okay so weird did you, did you meet anybody named hutch in this episode was Hutch the person that Paula was? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you see that for a couple of seconds. You also see like Olivia start to realize that maybe Paula is trying to lighter her and not enjoying the vacation as much because mm. Paula's because when she goes to talk to Armin about the bag that they ended up losing and Armin lies, saying, oh, I haven't seen it, but I'll keep a lookout for it because he's taking the drugs from it. Yeah. Uh, she sees uh, secretly uh, Paula and um, Hutch hanging out. Okay. well, that doesn't mean he's not enjoying it, but definitely that the friendship is kind of uh, she she would rather be hanging out with. Yeah, I mean, when Olivia is speaking to Paula, Paula lies about where she was. All right. So that brings us back to who killed whoever, like who could possibly be dead from this group if it's supposed to be again. Shane is really upset about it. Right. And maybe he killed Armand. (laughs) <laughs> i mean possibly armin this episode maybe does his mom you you hear his mom right in this episode you hear his mom but that's on the phone yeah i think she actually she's played by molly shannon and i think she is part of the cast so she, may if, she show, up. if she shows up at the place then yeah. yeah maybe maybe to elevate things armin armin does try to like kind of make amends with shane because he does lie at the beginning of the episode but shane kind of confronts him and is like no i know that we booked this room and just own up to your mistake yeah and then um by the end of that like episode, a normal hotel <laughs> you think would just comp you the room for like a night but or then something. there won't be any drama speaking of which there's some unneeded drama that happens in this episode you have marley really? unnecessary you have, drama you have mark who he the, one of the reasons he was so scared about cancer was because his dad had it but when he calls i believe his uncle it turns out that wasn't the reason why his dad died his dad died because he his dad had eight but <laughs> wait, wait what <laughs> Yeah. So they just like throw that at you? They threw that in there. Like, I mean, I guess it's a surprise, but like, A, we didn't really get. That's like a Room 104 surprise. Yeah. Like, Mark does talk about his dad throughout the episodes, but we don't really like really need These to know why. These characters all remind me of a bunch of little ids like running around. Yeah. Like, you've got I mean, your ego is. and you've got your id and then like this is basically just like a lot of people who are very vulnerable in their own ways. Even the daughter, I f- daughter Olivia, she may be masking the fact that she's like so vulnerable with her friendship to right. Paula by being a kind of a jerk to everyone. By the end of the episode, the, Quinn has finally moved out of that kitchen that he was staying in because it's yeah, so Yeah, they have hot. him staying it, inside the miniature kitchen. Yeah, it was so hot that he literally was having to sleep naked and that's when it you this is definitely a mom move That's when uh, Nicole is finally like, okay, I'm done with this, and moves his bed out into the living room. Yeah. And really- But the fact that the daughters kept on, or that Olivia kept on saying that she didn't want him out there because she didn't want him jacking off to a friend or whatever. Yeah, no, that that was awful. But also then, like, Olivia's like, we don't want you here. And then he's like, fine, I'll sleep on the fucking beach. He takes his sheets and he goes to the beach and, and, like, sees a whale. That's the end of the episode. He sees a whale. Yeah, but I was like, come on, stick up for yourself at some point. How many episodes is this supposed to be? I said six. Six? Yeah. Yeah so at this point we're about one third of the way through and although i like i said i see the stories have potential it's not the worst show but what I've is wrote. the point uh, that's my that's what i'm trying to figure out we're still trying to figure that out yeah all right well that's a bit of an issue because you have you have these ongoing stories. <laughs> i don't know lines. if i want to invest my time into six hours of something where i might not feel at the end of it that there was a point to well, it. And that's that's because but you like Parasite. Yeah, I love Parasite. And Parasite deals with this classist issue and kind of is a slow burn in, in a way. Obviously, it's got, like, it, it raises intention over time. Right. But with this, I it also... Um, I mean it could if you were to tell me that by the end of the uh series it got really good reviews i'd be like okay yeah well, it's already and, gotten good reviews but i mean like they were to say that the season finale really does like bring everything to head and it's really if you looked at the IMDb ratings and saw that this one like was pumped up to like a 9.3 or something right, yeah the that, then i might end up watching it but i've seen so many shows that do try to kind of have this slow burn technique that kind of trick you into thinking oh maybe these really will go somewhere and they don't and that happens more often than not but this has a huge cast it feels like it would be do you feel it was one of the best uh shows shot during covid because there have been a lot of kind of trash shows that came out during this time <laughs> yeah no like i said i think that it's definitely because they had to do the whole quarantine process they had to all go to hawaii they shot at the four seasons oh so they actually so okay yeah i mean it's yeah i mean this is obviously the island yeah it, it's it's interesting enough but like again it, i i feel like i said it already like one trade characters repetitionist right, story yeah I'm, I'm pushing you to say something different and you've got nothing else <laughs> to say basically all right uh well in that case we're done with our review that's the white lotus pretty soon on our 200th episode we're at like nine, 195 right now at or this something point, yeah yeah at our 200th episode we're gonna go over the last uh 100 that we've done or i guess 99 what it, no it's full 100 right full 100 yeah and then we're just gonna give our best top 10 uh our worst five and then we'll talk about any updates that we have that we want to talk about for the last however many (laughs) all right thanks for listening we'll see you on the next one bye